Yo, how is it going, Bears fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Podcast, where we talk everything Bears every day of the week. I am your host, Chris Malpe, and today I am joined with my co-hosts, Parsh Shaw and Jalen McClinton. How's it going, guys? Doing good. Uh, we just recorded a video right before this, so back-to-back. Keep grinding some Bears videos for you guys. Yeah, doing good. You know, just enjoying this uh, Arizona weather right now. It's extremely hot, but I'm trying to push through it, you know. And we are joined today by a very special guest. He's amassed over 83.7 thousand subscribers in about five and a half years on YouTube. He's a comedian in New York City, I believe a former teacher, and he's also the leader of the Grassy Posse and host of the PatCast. Welcome to the show, Tom Grassy. That's me. Wow, that was the nicest intro I think I've ever gotten in like four years. So thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, with Tom today, we're going to be talking everything NFC North, everything Bears, every, everything Packers. Also talking a little bit about his success on YouTube and what he continues to uh, plan on doing in the future. So Tom, first and foremost, you know, uh, we know that the success of the Bears in 2020 hinges on the quarterback play. So I want to ask, what was your reaction to the acquisition of Nick Foles earlier this offseason, and who do you see winning the open competition between him and Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because the Bears are the kind of organization, and I've said this now for years, is that, like, their defense can make them win the NFC North just alone. Like, it doesn't matter who they put back there. However, like, if they're going to go and actually go past that point, you know, past the wild card round, they are going to need somebody who's somewhat competent behind center. <laughs> so, and I say that, and I, and, I, and I was a big, like, Mitch Trubisky supporter, not just because he sucked, but because, like, I actually believed in him a little bit and was like, okay, you know, he's not as bad as people are saying, et cetera. Um, but when they got Nick Foles, I think it's just it's crazy because you have guys like coming out of the organization saying like Mitch Trubisky's our starting quarterback for next year. Then they go back and they get Nick Foles. And then like the whole benching thing that went on last year, it just seems like they're saying things and then doing either the complete opposite or contradicting themselves. So I don't think Nick Foles is a bad QB. However, the amount of money that they're paying for him because they're paying out a, a bunch of guaranteed money that the Jaguars were going to have to pay for him. You know, and, and I, the thing is, like, Gardner Minshew, no offense to Gardner Minshew, like, beat out Nick Foles. So, like, I, I don't have, like, all the confidence in the world, but I think Nick Foles has definitely shown him he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback that he can at least do the bare minimum to not lose you games which honestly just might be what you guys need. But I, I do not see them going with Trubisky unless Trubisky just has the most amazing camp and Nick Foles is just not showing up at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, both quarterbacks know the system like equally, I guess you could say. It'll be interesting to see if camp plays out due to the virus or anything. But I got a question for you here. Um, one key need for the Packers this offseason was adding more weapons around Aaron Rodgers, and it shocked the whole entire world and took Jordan Love in the first round. What was your reaction to the pick? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say my initial reaction wasn't great. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't because I thought Jordan Love was a bad player. It's actually the opposite. When I, when I looked at his tape, he was one of the first guys I looked at you know, coming into the draft because – Love's name was associated with the Packers and he might fall down to us, et cetera. And he was the kind of guy that, you know, 2018 was a rock star. Last year, sucked. He also yes. didn't really have any wide receivers, and but he forced a lot of balls and it really was, was not pretty. 
And it's again, it's not the fact that, you know, we drafted him that made me upset. It was a combination of Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play into his 40s, right? And there hasn't been any inclination that he is going to go off a massive decline. Of course, anything can happen, but that hasn't happened yet. Two, the fact that you said, like, yes, the Packers need weapons, and instead we picked up Jordan Love in the first round, who isn't going to help us for a few years. This was definitely a pick for the future, and I don't necessarily disagree with it because God knows we've needed a backup for a long time, so a bare minimum, we got that. But if they were going to do that, then I, I just thought within the first two days they were going to get a wide receiver at some point, and they just never did. Uh, so that was surprising, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So uh, my first question is, the NFC North seems to be shifting towards the divisions of strong secondaries. The Bears have Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, and Kyle Fuller. The Packers have Jair Alexander, former Bear and Adrian Amos, and Kevin King. The Lions have Jeff Okuda and Desmond Trufant. And the Vikings just added a first-round uh, rookie cornerback in Jeff Glanny alongside Anthony Harris, and Harrison, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith. Which of these secondaries do you think is the scariest? Uh, I think it's the Bears. I think it's easy. Um, I loved the Jalen Johnson pick for you guys. I think that he was an absolute steal at where you got him. If he can stay healthy, I know he had, I think, three shoulder surgeries before this. But if he can stay healthy, that that secondary is going to be stacked. And it's not just because, you know, Eddie Jackson is so great. What scares me the most is that your front seven are so good, it makes your secondary look better. Mm -hmm. The Lions front seven, they have struggled. You know, I thought they were going to be much better than they were. They weren't. Um, Their secondary obviously has gotten better but um, the Lions also can't get themselves together, so I'm not <laughs> truly concerned about them just yet. And the Vikings, you know, yeah, I know this has nothing to do with it, but they have Kirk Cousins. I'm not really concerned about <laughs> that. <too>, so, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, the Vikings have always had a, a good defense. Uh, they've had a good, solid defense. But, yeah, no, it's definitely the Bears' defense. That's the scariest to me. Absolutely. Uh, All these secondaries shaping up to be very good uh, in 2020. Speaking a little bit more on the NFC North, depending on how things play out, it's looking to be as competitive as ever in 2020. And it looks like the division may be up for grabs between the Bears, Vikings, and obviously your Green Bay Packers. How do you see the division playing out this year? I think right now it's definitely the Packers division to lose, not just because they, they just swept the division last year, but I think it's because you know, a lot of people point to the Packers and are like, wow, their draft sucked, like super duper sucked. And even if you want to say that we don't get a single person from the draft, which I don't believe because I think A.J. Dillon, DeGuerra, Martin, they're all going to contribute early on to the team. But I think that bare minimum, the Packers didn't regress any because they lost Brian Bulaga, which was their biggest loss. They got Ricky Wagner over there, which I'm not super confident in, but they also have now... You know, they, they picked up three offensive linemen. I'm sure ships will be made. I'm not drastically concerned, even though that we're going to have to get an offensive tackle eventually, probably next year. Um, but I think it's the Packers that really, you know, with Aaron Rodgers behind center, to say that he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder, I think will be the understatement of the year. I, I think that if, you know, one or two of those wide receivers step up, we'll, we will definitely be Uh, competing for the NFC North title. I think the Vikings are right there as well. And I think when it comes to the Bears, like I said about their defense before, it depends on what they do on offense. Because what do you do if Trubisky and Foles struggle? And you kind of just like throw your hands up and go, okay, well, this is bad. Then you tank for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. But the Jaguars are going to try to beat you to it. <laughs> hey, our defense our defense itself can win this like eight games like last year, I feel like. But um, going back to like your personal life, um, you've 
gotten over 83,000 subscribers during your six years on YouTube. What about the, what about the Grassi Posse has continued to motivate you throughout the time and how have you stayed persistent throughout the journey? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I love how I was just like, now let's talk about personal things. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I technically started the YouTube channel in like 2014, but I posted like one thing on it. Uh, it was just a reaction video from the 2014 NFC Championship game, and that and that got some hits. And I was like, okay, cool. And then people reached out and were like, hey, you know, we want to do more, do more things. So. I started the podcast, but it wasn't on YouTube for about two years. Um, and then when I started putting it on YouTube about like two and a half, three years ago, um, you know, listen, I mean, as you guys are, are, I'm sure are aware and like any podcaster out there, when you first start out, it sucks. Like you work your ass off and like, you know, you could put together the greatest, you know, 20 to 50 minutes of content there is on the internet and like three people watch it yeah and you're like okay this feels great like this is not just a a shot to the face but at the same time you know it and this is what i tell every single person that wants to create content podcast whatever is one the market is so oversaturated everybody and their mother has a podcast so anything you could do to stick out obviously is is helpful but it's two is if you enjoy doing it then like it honestly doesn't matter like i have approached this the same way when five people were listening or 5000 or 50000 people were listening at this point you know obviously the it's nice to have people listen <laughs> i'm not going to lie uh, it definitely is a lot nicer than you know three but i i think it's just a matter of I have always been motivated to create the content that I wanted to create and love the content that I create. And if there's any point where I don't, then I just don't create that content. You know, I don't do the whole like catering thing Uh uh, because that just is, that's not who I want to be. And that's not why I got into this. I mean, I started off being essentially just like, okay, as a hobby and it is morphed into I, I work two full-time jobs because it's a podcast and, you know, I did, uh, I left the teaching and then went back for a leave replacement, which basically just meant I was a temporary teacher. Uh-huh. Um, so like, but I, I work about a hundred hours a week on both of those things combined and it, and it's just, you know, it's a grind and it's, it's tough, but it's rewarding in both facets. So, you know, it's kind of just that inner motivation and obviously the fans are great and they're amazing and they, and they help out a lot. But I think if you, in order for you to be successful, you have to really, really enjoy what you're doing or you're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So uh, sticking on your YouTube, sticking on your YouTube career, uh, obviously the next milestone for you is to hit 100K subs and earn that silver YouTube play button. How will it be once you hit once you reach 100K and what are your plans for the future in regards to your channel? Yeah, um, it's going <laughs> to it's funny because me personally, so like I hit 25k in September. It was like I think just after the season began, and then it was like 50, I think, which was right after the NFC Championship game, and then you know we're at where we're at now. And for me, you know, I think 100k is just going to be very validating because like I don't know, it's weird. Like I usually don't like to focus on like the numbers and and things like that but 100k for me is like something that i've been working towards for a long long time and it'll just feel like okay like we we did it fam you know it's it's not a million that'll be <laughs> but it's like that that'll be the next step in like 10 years but um no i think it's just it's really cool to to take something and make it your own and work your ass off and do it and then for me personally like while i have guys um 
and and gals on every single week during the regular season from opposing teams. You know, this is something that like when I started, I didn't know how to edit. Some will say I still don't. Uh, <laughs> creating <laughs> thumbnails, you know, recording, podcasting, all this equipment, filming. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And it and it's literally just been all self-taught. And I think it's incredibly gratifying to be like, I created something from literally nothing and now a hundred thousand people support it. Like that's a really cool thing. And I'm not one that like, you know, sits back and reflects a lot because I'm just like, okay, just got to keep next video, next video, next video, what have you. Um, but at a hundred K yeah, no, I'll, I'm definitely going to sit back a little bit and reflect and be like, okay, this was cool. And it'll like, you know, maybe I'll do that for like an hour and then I'll start doing the next <laughs> video. But if for that one hour, it will be, uh, it'll be really cool. Absolutely. And then, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go. <laughs> so, so and for the your second part of your question, talking about like what kind of like the future plans are, I think it's just, you know, I, I, I try to be as connected with the fan base as humanly possible. I mean, that's why I, I don't put stuff behind paywalls, you know, and, and I you know, don't do that kind of stuff. Um, if they, if they want to like support on like Patreon or something like that, that's completely and totally their choice. I'm not going to limit the content that they can get. Um, but if this is like the only thing that I'm doing, then I think it's just a matter of like just doing more because we're going to get to a point, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully there's football this year, but we're going to get to a point eventually where like this will be able to actually financially sustain me. And then I can literally just pour like my heart and soul into just this. And I mean, like I've been doing all of this, like I said, with two full-time jobs. I mean, I'm really excited to see what I can do with just one. <laughs> Absolutely. So heading back to the bears, you know, one of their most underrated players is Allen Robinson, who racked up 98 catches for over 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns in 2019. And many analysts, and by many analysts I mean Ryan Clark of ESPN, have come out this offseason and said that he isn't a true wide receiver one in this league. So I wanted to pick your mind on that and ask, as a fan of a rivaling team, do you think that Robinson is a wide receiver one in this league? <sighs> is he a wide receiver one? I mean, if he's the only guy doing something on the team, sure. I mean, like, that's the thing. Would I put him in, like, my top 10 of, like, current wide receivers in the league? Most likely not. If I'm not mistaken, and please correct me if I'm wrong, did he have one season where he was, like, double-digit touchdowns, I think? maybe. Yeah, yeah, I believe I so. that was 2015. Yeah. yeah, so that was one, and I think he had, like, one or two over a thousand yards i think he's a good player i mean that that there's no doubt about that but i will say i think that he has been limited by the teams he has been on um i know packer fans kind of hate on Allen robinson because he chose to go to chicago instead of green bay and so we've kind of just been laughing at him ever since but um i, I think that you know he's i think that he's good enough to be a wide receiver one I don't think that a lack of wide receivers are the Bears' problems. And I can yeah. definitely tell you that it's not a lack of tight ends that is the, <laughs> the problem on offense uh, for the Bears. I think it's more of just, you know, if you have – this is the thing I had with Trubisky. If you're going to have Trubisky be your quarterback, then you need to design a system around him that is going to make him successful. That's what all great coaches do. You look at, like, a Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Brady's an excellent quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But – Belichick put him in a system where he can flourish. When Jimmy Garoppolo was in there for, you know, a, a little bit, he put a system around him. When Matt Castle was in there, he put a system around him. And I just don't think that that system was ever put in place for Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky has 
uh, the ability to extend plays. He has the ability to make some good tight throws because I've seen him do it. It's yeah. just, I, and but I think like the complete lack of a running game that you guys had for whatever the hell reason last year, when you have David Montgomery, who's just like, hey, I can, I can go real fast. Let's go. Like, <laughs> I can get the ball and I can do stuff for you guys. I think it was just like such a mess of play calling and then just lack of confidence in Trubisky um, that added to the fact of him not being successful. And he definitely did make some crappy throws, terrible decisions, what have you. Um, but I feel like there's just been so much pressure on him because Pace traded up for him, and that's kind of just compounded. And I just don't feel like it's helped the situation at all. So I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on with you guys, but I feel like you just need to dedicate yourself to a game plan and be like, okay, we are, we have obviously a kick-ass defense. Let's be a ground and pound team, or let's be, you know, we're gonna throw for like four yards and just like you know chip away, and then we're gonna run the rest of it something you know that you're like good at because i feel like last year it was just like let's throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what happens yeah i mean if you look at like the cowboys game everything worked out perfectly offense yeah. and defense and it was we used trubisky's running you know he used his legs he oh. made some beautiful throws that game i think it comes down to matt Nagy and like the new coordinators that the bears got but uh, i have a question for you about the bears and packers drive early um so the the Bears and Packers have been like the best rivalry in all of sports, in my opinion. I'm pretty sure you can say the same. Even though it's been one-sided recently, how how exciting is it to see these two teams met, meet up? And what's your appreciation of the two teams as well? Yeah, no, obviously there's a history that's behind it. Um, and, and I would say even though, even when like the Bears were like kicking our ass, like it was at least be like, wow, okay, like this is fun to watch because it's competitive. Because like during my lifetime, essentially, you know, during like my adult life, it's kind of just been the Vikings. You know, that's kind of been the team that has been there with the Packers and giving them the most amount of problems. And I think that, you know, when you have the Bears in there, it just kind of like renews that sense of rivalry. And absolutely, there's a ton of appreciation for it, you know, and and I think that it is just a, a benefit to the league, the division, uh, and fans, you know, when both teams are playing at their absolute best because then you're going to see some classic games. Yeah, so uh, earlier we talked about Jordan Love and how you guys traded up for him in the first round with already having a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. How do you feel about him, you know, going – how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers' future with the Packers, and do you think he's going to stay on the team until he retires? So, yeah, that's a great question. So he came out and said in the press conference that that's what he wanted, right? He wanted to play until he was 40. They, he wanted to retire as a Green Bay Packer. And he goes, honestly, like – that's up in the air now. And the, the problem is, is that right now we have no idea. We're basing this off of saying, okay, if Jordan Love develops and he's the next Aaron Rodgers, then no, Aaron Rodgers is most likely not going to end his time as a Green Bay Packer. He's most likely going to go to another team. He flat said, if I can still play, you know, then, you know, and I disagree, you know, when if they're like forcing me out or whatever, then I'm going to, then I'm going to leave. Um, Personally, right now, while we, there's a lot of variables, we don't know what's going on with Jordan Love. I would think that unless Jordan Love just absolutely sucks and is just terrible, um, I do not think that Aaron Rodgers is going to finish his career with Green Bay. I'd love him to because I love Aaron Rodgers. Um, and that will be sad because then I get to see another great quarterback go to another team. Super psyched about that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I do not think he's going to finish it up. And, and that'll be sad, but, you know, it's one of those things that, like, I will root for Aaron Rodgers, just like I rooted for Brett Favre, and I hate the Vikings with the passion of a burning, like, million sun. 
Suns. But, um, you know, I, I love Aaron Rodgers. I love what he did for this team. I love his story. Um, and I think that, you know, regardless of who he goes to, I will still root for him as a player, you know, but calm down, guys. You're not going to get him just yet. <laughs> there are a lot of Bears fans who are so <laughs> indifferent on that one. Uh, we've been posting on Instagram a little bit about it, and it's really 50-50. But, you know, you've become not only a reputable name amongst Packer fans, but also throughout the league based on your comedy skits. So what's your history as a comedian, and how did you decide to start posting those bits on your YouTube channel? Yeah, um, I mean... If you want to go like way way back, uh, I made like home movies with like my friends like growing up and stuff. But when I went to college, I joined an improv comedy group, uh, led that group for a little bit. We uh, did like trainings with like UCB, which is a big um, improv troupe in New York City. And when I got out of college, you know, improv relies on other people, and like when you leave college, you know, people go in different directions. So. Because of that, like, I didn't have any improv troupe. So then I said, okay, well, you know what? Let me do stand-up because why not? I did stand-up, and, like, it was good. I enjoyed it. It kind of, like, scratched that comedy itch. And then, um, really, I mean, it all started because of the 2014 NFC Championship game. It literally was just, like, a reaction, but it was, like, a it was a planned reaction. Like, it wasn't real. Um, and it was just, like, a way of, like, therapy to be like, okay, yep, we just blew that game in, you know, five minutes. And it was just one of those things that like I enjoyed doing it. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to post those. And then they got immensely popular. <laughs> so, I mean, I started like really, really doing it, you know, for multiple teams last year, not like last season, but the season before that. Um, I didn't do all of them because at one point I was just like, you know what, I'm like kind of getting burnt out with it. And I don't want to just like churn them out just to churn them out. But now, I mean, like from this past season, I've done 22 out of the 32 teams. And like, it's just a matter of like, as long as I keep having like inspiration and, you know, want to do it, I'll continue to do it. And like people still post, they're like, oh, do the Panthers or the Jets or the Broncos or what have you. And I think it's just, it's very funny to like watch fans from all these opposing teams like come in and be like oh my god like that was my reaction even though I'm a Jets fan. (laughs) Because I think that like there is like that commonality of like, hey, you know, like we go through these ups and downs like together, like being sports fans and being football fans. And I think that's just like what people like relate to and connect to and they enjoy it and I enjoy making them. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like there's times where I will come down here and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to like record this reaction video. And then like I record two minutes of it. I'm like, nope, I hate it. And I just do something completely and totally different. The vast majority of everything you see is completely made up on the spot. (laughs) Um, so one team that the Bears and Packers have had a lot of success against throughout the last few seasons was the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings lost some marquee pieces like Stephon Diggs, Trey Waynes, and Everson Griffin this offseason. And then they also signed Kirk Cousins to a contract extension. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, their draft was pretty solid, though. But do you think they yeah, were this off this offseason or no? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I totally interrupted. Can you say that last part again? Do you, do you think they regressed this offseason or – um, I wouldn't say they regress. No, I mean, they lost to Fon Diggs, which is yeah. a big one. Um, you know, I think that Thielen will be able to kind of step in and obviously getting Justin Jefferson in is going to help. But they're another team. You know, I, I know obviously they had some injuries, you know, going down the line. But they're another team, and they have Dalvin Cook, who is a disgustingly good running back. And then they have Kirk Cousins, 
who is a disgustingly mediocre quarterback. Like it's just, he's like not bad. He's not good. Like he's like perfectly like rightly average. And you know, there, his stat line like can be like, Oh my God, like it was really good. Like his stat line last year was good, but like yeah. when he needed to perform in big games, especially on Mondays, you know, it usually like he fell a bit short. Like when the game had to be put on his shoulders, he fell through. And I think that's like the the difference between like a Jimmy Garoppolo and a Kirk Cousins, because Jimmy Garoppolo came out last year in two games, specifically the Rams game and then the Saints game. And he was like, listen, like I'm going to win us this game. And he did. He won them that game. Kirk Cousins, you know, can play really, really well. But if I'm not mistaken, like the first game of the season, I know he didn't have to, but like, I think he threw under 10 passes, you know, and that's great. You know, like that they can like rely on Dalvin Cook and what have you. But they're another team that, you know, if they don't get the running game going, like they are going to get destroyed. Look at the 49ers game. Look at the Packers game. You know, um, the last one, I think it was week 16. Those are the kind of games like with, with Kirk Cousins that, I understand why they extended him because they don't really have another option, but I don't know a single Vikings fan that is not sitting there at that point and go like, wow, we really should have kept like Case Keenum instead because we could have paid him a lot less money uh, and, and not Kirk Cousins. So I don't think they necessarily regress. I think they definitely did get better as a team, um, but they're another one that's going to rely on their offense. Um, so in 2018, uh, you were featured on a Sunday Night Football segment. How did that opportunity pre- present itself, and how cool was that? Because I was, as a fan of yours, just seeing that, even though you're a Packers fan, I was very excited for you. You know, that, that was a big opportunity. So uh, definitely, how, how did that opportunity present itself? Yeah, no, that was uh, that was a cool thing. <laughs> it was, um, I, so that was, yeah, 2018, and it was, I'm trying to think of the exact day. I think it was Wednesday. It was like the day before Thanksgiving. And I had just gone back from New York City. I had just recorded a podcast in a Vikings bar with a Vikings fan. I got home and I got an email on my phone from uh, the secretary of an NBC exec who said that he was just perusing YouTube and found my videos, liked what I did. Would I be interested in doing a promo for Sunday Night Football? And I was like, uh, what? Like, I was like, okay, this is when they asked for like my social security number and you know, the, my mother's maiden name and try to steal all my information. <laughs> it's obviously a, uh, a scam. And I was like, absolutely. I would love to do that. And she's like, okay, great. He's going to call you in like X amount of minutes. So he calls me, he like tells me what this idea is like for the bit. He goes, would you want to record something or we can just come to your house and we can record. And I was like, I didn't have like nice camera equipment. I was recording off like a camcorder. It like wasn't an HD or anything like that. So I was like, no, you guys would definitely come. So the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, they came to my house. Um, Camera crew came down into my basement. I cleaned the house really, really well before they came. Uh, and they came down to my basement and we spent a few hours shooting it. Um, and then they left and I was like, okay. And then like Saturday went by and I was like, okay, like they didn't send me anything yet. Sunday comes. I'm like, they're going to ax it because they're like, wait a minute. This guy has like a Muppet voice. There's no way that we're going to air this. Like it came out terribly. I'm like, there's no way. And then like three hours before I got a text message um, from the guy and he was like, do you want it now? Or do you want to just see it for the first time? Like when it's airing. And I was like, oh no, I want to see it for the first time it was airing. And that was like one of those things that 
was so freaking awesome. And that talk about validation. That was really, really cool. I also thought I was going to get really famous after that, but I didn't. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got like a, like a surge of like a couple hundred subscribers after that, but no, it was just, um, it was really cool. It's still on my DVR and that's definitely a, uh, like a memory I'll have for a while as kind of just like a staple of like, wow, I did that. Like my, lo- I was in my local newspaper. They were like, man gets on Sunday night football. I was like, I'm that man. So yeah. that was cool. <laughs> I remember watching that game back in 20, 2018 and that's when I probably first subscribed to you and I was like my goodness gracious I watched this guy on YouTube how the hell did he get here (laughs) (laughs) you'd be amazed how much just pure luck is involved with everything (laughs) no kidding NBC executives come to this channel next um so obviously you know the new CBA was just implemented into the NFL and there's an expanded playoff field in 2020 with seven teams three of them being from the wild card Do you think it's a bold take or unrealistic that the Bears, Vikings, and Packers could all qualify for the playoffs, depending on how things pan out? Um, I don't think it's necessarily like a super hot take. I think that if there's any division that's going to have three people come or three teams come from it, I would think it's going to be the NFC West, just because like they, I mean, that's a pretty damn competitive division. You know, the Rams knows what the Rams are doing, but like, I think the Cardinals are going to be much better this year. And then you always have the Seahawks and the 49ers. Um, but no, I don't think that's a completely and totally hot take. I think that's a, it's a decently realistic one. Uh, I mean, I have my opinions on, you know, the expanding to seven teams, but I'm not a huge fan of it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it gives us more playoff football and I think it gives other teams, you know, opportunities to get hot and, you know, kind of just like proves that old anecdote of it's any given Sunday. You could have a seven seed come in and they can make it to the Super Bowl if they got hot at the right time. It would be cool to see like a Cinderella story, something like March Madness. Um, oh, 100%, especially if it was the Packers, the seven seed. I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one, but um, you've gotten to speak with a couple of players like Jay Sternberger on your podcast. Since starting this journey, what has been your coolest interaction with a Packers fan or any NFL personality? Um, interviewing Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers twice was really cool. Um, Mark is a really great guy and I had some really cool experiences because of that. Jay Sternberger was awesome. The fact that like we text each other and I have a mm-hmm. football player in my phone is pretty cool. Cause like at the end of the day, you know, like obviously like I've been doing this for years. Um, but like, like I'm a fan, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things that like, I'm, I'm a normal dude who has like a setup in his basement, you know, who's just like a fan and like to have those opportunities is, is, is really, really cool. Um, but I would say besides those, um, it's really just the interactions with like everyday fans. Like I've made some like really, really good friends, you know, just through interviews and things like that. And like guys and gals that I like go back to every single year. And, you know, even if they're not on the show that I'm like talking to them and, you know, we're talking football and things like that. And I think if there's, if anything has come out of this, um, you know, for, for me, I, I think it's kind of like also changed my perspective on a lot of things when it comes to football, because, you know, as a Packers fan, like I know that the NFC North hates us, like bare none, like it's FTP all the way. And I was always like, Oh my God, they're so jealous. Like, why do they hate us so much? And then like, I would talk to like Lions fans or I would talk to like a Browns fan who like haven't sniffed the playoffs in like decades. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like that's, and meanwhile, like I'm sitting here, we have two back-to-back hall of fame quarterbacks. And I'm like, wow, like we are lucky as hell. And oh I yeah, we're jealous. 
I think it's just like you know, it, it, it's it's just you you take. You take it for granted sometimes. I think when I started this show, I definitely did. And like, you know, fast forward years later, I'm like sitting here going like, wow, like we need to hold on to every single moment that we have like a good football team. And like we get pissed off when we don't make the playoffs, but teams haven't seen the playoffs in decades, like I said before. And I think it just kind of puts it into perspective of like what it means to be the fan. Because again, you have Browns fans who, you know, they didn't win a game. Like they didn't win a game. Really <laughs> upset. We're like, oh man, we lost three games in a row. Like they lost sixteen in a row, and then could expand into next season so badly that Bud Light gave them free beer. Like that's bad. And I think that like that just kind of um, I don't know. Like it makes it a lot of fun to watch and interact with people. And I and I thoroughly enjoy just flat out getting to know people and talking to people about football. So before I go into my last question, you know, you said how the NFL hates Packers fans. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Prince Mukamara and we talked to Pat Scales, who's our long snapper. They said in that locker room that the hate for the Packers is definitely real, which is kind of shocking to me because, you know, it's another NFL team. You know, there's mm-hmm. players that are t- trying to do the same thing you're doing, just, you know, trying to live out their childhood dream. And they actually hate another team. I just thought that was crazy. But yeah. uh, you're a huge Packers fan. And uh, if anybody who watches your videos, you, they can see your background and have you have a bunch of Packers memorabilia. What is your favorite package memorabilia that you own and what is something that you want to add to your amazing collection? Yeah. Um, so I have two helmets that are on my desk that are supposedly signed by Bart Starr and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they're fake. They might be, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, when you buy them, you, you, you never know. Um, but uh, I actually, I, some of my hats I have from when I was like eight years old, you know, I, I hold on to those um, for a while but honestly, the the thing that, you know, I just got out of the newspaper, like it was the New York Times, like the day after the Packers won the Super Bowl, you know, like my wife framed it for me. Um, like that was really cool to have that. But something to add, I probably at one point definitely want like a signed jersey from like Rogers and like to frame that. But I don't have the money to do that. So I'm not doing that right this second. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely what I want to uh, be added to the collection someday. <laughs> Also, I have more toasters than I could ever want. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us today, Tom. That was awesome. Absolutely. If you want more content from Tom, you can head over to Twitter and Instagram and find him at Tom Grassy Comedy. You can also obviously check out his YouTube channel for some of the best football content on the platform. The link to that will be in the description. And you can also check out his website, TomGrassyComedy.com. If you want more content from us here at Bear Down, head to our website, beardown.com. You can also find the links to our social media fan pages down in the description, and you can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Bear Down. Uh, surprise it didn't get heated in this one, but uh, Parth and Jalen, any last words, guys? It was great to record with you, Tom. I mean, I had a great time. Uh, actually, I have a lot of respect for Packers fans compared to Vikings fans. I feel like the Vikings <laughs> fans are the most ruthless fans in the whole division. And oh, I feel yeah. bad for Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, they're Detroit just is just a, it's a pity case at this point. It's just like, you know, they're you're just like, okay, guys, you know, don't worry. One of these years you get it. <laughs> I'll actually cheer on them in the playoffs if they make it. Exactly. Uh, um, like, I want to thank Tom, too. Um, I've, I've always been a big fan of yours. Even though you're a Packers fan, I'm not a big fan of any Packers fan at all. <laughs> I don't really like you guys, especially recently. But, yeah, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, make sure you guys are staying safe in, in this pandemic. Um, Arizona's been uh, like stay at home thing has just opened up, so like we can go outside. I'm still scared to go outside due to that, but other than that, make sure you guys are you know stay staying safe and bear down. 
Absolutely. Bears and Packers fans alike, continue to stay safe. Uh, I think Illinois opens up here on June 1. Tom, I'm not real sure where New York opens up. Yeah, we're never opening up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, for real. Queens Queens, and Cook County have been terrible, but uh, continue to stay inside, flatten the curve, uh, and do the best that we can, Bears and Packers fans alike. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, to the Bears fans listening, do us a favor and bear down. Peace.